Welcome back to the jointhetrades.com interview series where we talk to tradespeople and learn more about successful career paths straight from the source. Today I have with me Joe Sampierre, a Finnish carpenter with almost 30 years of experience. Hey Joe, how are you? How are you doing today? I'm good. Thanks for being here, brother. Good to be here. Okay, so if we can straighten out straight from the beginning for anyone listening, a Finnish carpenter does not designate that you're overseas in Sweden or Finland. No. I actually am the Correct. carpenter that comes in and does all the finishing touches on a house, which would be installing your doors, your cabinetry, build out your closets, things like that. Okay, okay. Thanks for clarifying. Um, give us an idea how you got started. Well, I got started because when I was younger, I had a friend whose father was a Finnish carpenter, and I needed a job, so I went to work for him. And he's taught me a lot until I got to the point where I could start up on my own. Okay, so this friend of yours' father, you were looking for, for some kind of steady work, is yes, that sir. correct? Yeah, uh, as, as so many of us are occasionally in our life and when we're yes. younger. And you had considered other options, or yes, I, this was just something that fell in your lap? I had other options. I'd worked at a grocery store. I actually had a bunch of small part-time jobs, and they're just, for lack of a better way to put it, they're dead-end jobs. There's not a lot of room for And you can't make a good living doing a lot of those jobs. Sure. Sure. So you were working a basic hourly job. Yes, sir. And felt like you were headed nowhere, nowhere quickly. That's exactly right. Okay. Well, that's interesting. Um, so you, uh, at that point, you started you started working, and, and how were you educated? How did you get your actual training? Well, like most people that are in my age range, I'd taken shop classes in school, and right. I found out that a lot of what you learn there kind of goes into what you're going to do in the field. They'll teach you your basics of how to read a tape measure, how to handle tools safely. But when you actually get in the field, it's a basic apprenticeship. You start out and you'll make mistakes. And it's not that hard of work, but it's not that easy. So you have someone who just teaches you. And did you start off uh, as a finished carpenter, as a trainee for a finished carpenter? Or... I started as a trainee for a finished carpenter. Interesting. Interesting. Um, so this has been 30, close to 30 yes. years at this point. And it's it's led you to, to have a, a, a successful career, a, a consistent lifestyle that you appreciate? Yes, sir. It's surprisingly a good life doing it. And it's something to where you're not dealing with really high in the air or so it's not dangerous as a roofer would be. And, sure. and you're not lifting all of two by 12s every day. So it's not as physically taxing as if you were a framer. Is the training more difficult? Uh, is, would you say that it's more difficult to become a finished carpenter than, uh, than a framer, or ju it's just different it's skills? It's different skill set, I would say, because as a framer, you have to know how to cut your roof lines. You have to know how to do your stairs properly. Whereas a finished carpenter, it's more detail-oriented, where you have to make sure when you're through that it looks good because there's no one that comes behind you to 
cover up your mistakes. <laughs> right. So the buck stops with you basically yeah. at that point. Yeah. Understandable. All right. Well, walk us through, say, um, obviously over the years you've had, you've had many different aspects of your career, but walk us through a standard day. You, you get up for a work day and uh, what does it entail? Well, it's basically you'll get up, get in your truck, drive to the job site, unload your tools, assess what needs to be done that day, whether it's carrying the doors up to each place where they're going to be started, or whether you're looking at cabinetry of what you're going to build that day, or some builders right. will actually have custom cabinets delivered and you're just going to install them. Some houses will actually have box cabinets that they've bought at your big box stores and you'll install those. Or sure. it's whether you're running base, crown, building out your closets, just whatever needs done that day, you'll just create a game plan and then follow through. Okay. Um, you're generally looking at a, an eight-hour day or, or sometimes you have to work a little longer to get a job finished? It depends on what your time frame is and how big of a push there is. But normally you can get most of your stuff done in an eight-hour day. Of course, if there's delays before you or sometimes things just don't work out as well, it's not necessarily a nine-to-five job. Normally I work from about seven in the morning till about three or four less nice. things are going bad and you have to get to a certain point, but it's not exactly the time clock starts, stops at four and you pick everything up and go home. You stop when you come to a logical point that things are good for the day. Sure. Yeah. That makes sense, right? You don't want to leave something smack dab in the middle balanced on something right. else. Well, you finish that and then move on. So, um, as far as, as far as dealing with the actual individuals that are paying for this project, how does that go? Do you, do you run as an independent contractor and deal with them? Yes, or? I'm a subcontractor who works for the contractor for the most part. Subs, okay. just like the plumber or the electrician or the HVAC would be subs on the job. You work for a general contractor in that point, and he will give you either a set of plans and see what you can do with it, or you just walk the job with him and you come up with a game plan of what you're going to do, and you give him your bit of what you can do the work for, and usually when you're through, you'll submit an invoice to him and he'll pay you. And you learned all of that basically through True. through the process of becoming educated with, with your friend's yes, father. exactly. Okay. Because he was there and I started out running base for him because he was an older guy and he didn't want to crawl around on his knees doing all that. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, one of the perks of being uh, experienced, yes. huh? So, but... He taught me how to do that, and when he saw that I wasn't just going to be someone who worked for a couple of weeks, then he started showing me how to do more things. Sure. Yeah, sure. He figured, okay, now I can trust this kid. Let's see Let's see where we move on from here. Yes. Huh? So he was really good at teaching, which... Yeah, as far as that goes, that's, a, that's interesting. Um, you found him to be a, a, a good mentor yes, for you? he was very skilled 
and he'd been doing it for a lot of years when I went to work for him. And there's just lots of little tricks that people have been doing it for years have learned over the years. And he, no and he doubt. passed those down to me, and I'm trying to pass those down for my employees also. Okay, so from there now, you've become, after 30 years, uh, a mentor yourself to other other young yeah. people, correct? And how are they getting involved? Have you tracked them down or they come find you? Both. Some of both. Some are people who just have been needing a job. and They'll actually just show up at a job site looking for work, which those are wow. some of the best people because they're actively searching for work. And if you need work, if you pull up to a job site and say, I'm willing to work, Nine times out of ten, they're willing to put you to work. <laughs> yeah, that's fascinating. So the yeah these these younger people that are self starters have an advantage in the sense that they're just willing to get out there and hustle and and learn. And there's obviously so much work. There's always opportunity. Yes, it stays pretty steady. And if a person wants to get into it, just show up at a job site and tell them you'll do anything from sweeping to picking up trash. They'll probably probably start you out doing something similar to that. But if they see you show up a day or two, they're going to start showing you more. And it usually goes from there. Cool. Very cool. That's uh, good for everyone out there to know. So you, as far as steady work goes, you've been around for a long period, for a long time here and seen the, you've seen the economy go through all kinds of things. Okay. Obviously the 2008 crisis, what we're going through right now, uh, COVID, how have you, how have you, uh, the specifics have noticed the difference as far as work goes? Have you had a hard time finding work? Has it been steady? Well, you mentioned the 2008 crisis in yeah. the Dallas market at the time when that happened. And I actually went from trimming four houses a week to two a month. So wow. it really dropped during that time. And when times like that, you have to actually do a little more diversification because uh, I'd been doing it long enough. I had enough skill sets that you can find jobs doing remodel work, which a lot of the skills will fall over where a trim carpenter still can do framing, but not all framers can do trim carpentry. So your uh, level of detail actually lets you do more things. Sure. So you found that you have enough skills as a finished carpenter that you're able to make up work in other facets. Yes, and sometimes you have to do that because if you work for several builders and like when that housing crisis came through, they all went belly up and there was no work through right. them. So you have to find other ways to not only work for yourself, but keep your employees and their families fed. I suppose one of the advantages, however, is that because you have such a specific set of skills that's difficult to master, um, there are still, as you said, ways to find to find jobs. Oh, yeah. When things get tough, someone someone with your background is always able to figure something out. Yes, sir. You, there's always something to do. It's just whether you want to do it. And there's a lot of people that are too proud to go and take on a small bathroom remodel. But when you need work, you're going to do it. Of course. Yeah. We all have to feed our family. Yes, so what are, um, 
what are some obviously that's a bit of a con in the sense of the sometimes there's a little bit more work than others what are what are other pros and cons that you found some of the pros are you can do this even up well into your 60s because i know some finished carpenters that are in their mid 60s still trimming houses every day and some of the cons are like when a true housing crisis comes you can right. can slow down but as long as you don't live beyond your means it's really easy to make it through those times because i tell a lot of the people who have worked for me when you start out live on thirds when you get paid save a third of it live off a third and reinvest a third back into your own company and if you do those things you usually have a safety net for times when slaves when they slow down well, that's a, yeah, that's a great lesson for all of us. Uh, I've always tried to keep that in mind myself to just, no matter what, live, live within your means. Don't get too, uh, don't get too deep in debt, you know, for things you certainly don't need. And it gives you a little, a little cushion when things get tough. Yes, sir. That's, that is the main key because anyone that's been in the trades know that this is the slowest time of the year during the winter, right after Christmas, because. Interesting. But then as soon as the weather warms up, you're going to be working a ton. So you just have to make sure you balance your really busy times to your times where it slows down a little. Interesting. All right. So um, through 30 years of experience, who do you think is most suited properly for your field specifically? Is there anyone that, that would have a, a certain kind of energy or a certain kind of personality that would work best? As odd as it sounds, a lot of your neurodivergence really make really, really good trim carpenters because they're so detail-oriented. Wow. When they see something, and if they see it's a 16th off, that bothers them. So they don't make it do it unless it's perfect. And actually, a lot of girls and females make really good finished carpenters because for the most part, they're more detail-oriented than a lot of boys are. Fascinating. That is very interesting. Um, so you have you have certainly worked with females in the field alongside with them and, and found that, that they are just, they excel at this? Yes. Actually, some of the best trim carpenters I've been around have been females because it's a detail-oriented job and most of them are just more detail oriented than boys are. Oh, that's super interesting. That's super cool. Yeah. So, uh, you know, if, if you're a female, keep that in mind, or if I suppose you're a guy with, with a tad bit of OCD, <laughs> that could be useful as well. It, it comes in very useful. <laughs> that's interesting. Um, what could you tell us that, that you found over all the time that you still enjoy? Because you've been doing this a long enough time to, you know, accept the ins and outs of it. But what do you still find um, rewarding about it? For the most part of it, it's a sense of accomplishment. There's a lot of jobs that people can get today that it's just you're going to do the same thing every day. And it doesn't seem like you're really getting anywhere. Where if you're in the trades, you have a sense of accomplishment because... You start and you see just an empty house. And then when you're through, it's somewhere people's going to call home. And it actually wow. 
you, there's not many jobs today with a sense of accomplishment. And I think that's really what keeps it going. That's, that's a great point. Yeah, a lot of people um, are working jobs, uh, pushing paperwork or, or, or crunching numbers and not seeing a tangible, a tangible result. Um, that reminds me of, um, I don't know if you're familiar with the television show that was on for a while called Parks and Recreation, but uh, Nick Offerman was an individual who played the character of Ron on that yes, show. Um, he's had an, obviously a very successful acting career and uh, doesn't need to do anything besides that if he doesn't want to. Um, however, and this is, I guess, a, a shout out to Offerman Workshop in California. I, at one point, and I'm paraphrasing, but I had read something that that he had always referred to acting as clowning and uh, just kind of a fun thing that he enjoys doing. But his real passion is carpentry. His real passion is woodworking. Well, I... And I assume that has something to do with the same thing that you're saying, that there is a tangible feeling of, of pride and, and success that you get. And that's what I've tried to teach a lot of people who've been working for me, that even if it's do your best, even when no one's watching, because you're going to know it's that yeah. way. If you're in the in a closet, that's, you're never going to crawl on the floor and see to make sure that joint looks good. But if you know it's there and it's you know it looks good, there's a sense of pride in knowing that that you've done the best you could every day. Yeah, yeah, absolutely correct. Um, yeah, stepping away from that. And, you know, you brought up a good point, too, about a family. You're doing something that is truly making a difference. I mean, when you finish a home, there, I, to stand back and have that feeling of, wow, I know that this young family is getting started moving in here and they're going to, you know, love and respect the work that I've done. That's real cool. Yes, sir. And a lot of with finished carpentry, people don't notice it when you do a good job. They only really notice it when you do something wrong. So you have to make sure that everything you do is the best you can do. Because if you have your cabinetries are not level, people are going to notice that. They're not going to notice it when it's right. They're only going to notice it when it's wrong. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you if you put a glass down on the counter and it slides off, you go like, hey, where, where's my finished carpenter here? What, what's going on? That's a that's a good point that you make. Yeah, you're kind of an unsung hero, really, you know? Yeah, but it's, I mean, it, it's something like I've had other people in trades that they'll do. You drive around and you always point at the set. I did that house. I did that house. And I don't know anyone in the trades that doesn't drive by when they're showing people things and point out things they've done. How many sure. other jobs can do that? Yeah, very few. Very few can you uh, can you show that much pride in something that you can tangibly point at. That's very cool. Um, what else do you have to add? I mean, you know, for for people, young people that are looking here, and and you know what, not everyone is necessarily young. I mean, I'm an older guy, and I'm re always reinventing myself, right? Always trying to learn something new. So there may be people watching that are not necessarily young, but are are looking at different options. What is a key point that you'd like to get to them? I'd like to get them then. You can make a surprising amount of money doing this, actually. I've been building a lot of houses on the University of Oklahoma for student housing. Talk yeah. to several of the students as I'm doing it and telling them, you, ha you can do this. You can still make six figures a year doing this job. 
and with zero student debt. So it's something that you might think about doing is going to the trades versus spending and getting yourself massively in debt going to college. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of our favorite points to make here. Uh, I personally was in debt for a degree that I don't use at all until I was over 40 years old. And, uh, and I regret that choice, you know, and, and, uh, so, so I, we always try to make sure that people are aware, like there are other options. Yes. And I don't know what it's like for kids today going to school, but when I was going to school, they were pushing, go to college, go to college, go to college. You didn't hear a lot of go into the trades because there was a stigma that if you work in the trades, you're somehow lesser than someone who college degree, right. but we see now how many people in college degrees are working in dead-end jobs, not really making enough to live comfortably, much less pay back their student loans that they have, where a lot of times in the trades, you can do that. And unfortunately, a lot of people in the trades are aging out. You see people that are job sites you walk by, most of them will be in their 40s, 50s, or 60s. And I'm really worried, what are we going to do in the next 20 years without enough influx of younger tradesmen? Sure. So you're finding that there are less younger people interested. Yes, there's. it's definitely been that way in the last 20 years. The number of people young coming into the trades, because they don't always look at the long game. Because you may go into work for a tradesman, they may start you $20 an hour, and you're going to be out in the elements working where it's hot, where it's cold. You could go to 7-Eleven, and they'll start you at $13, $14 an hour. And yes, the numbers sure. aren't that different, but if you look at 10 years down the road, the person who went to work at a menial job they're still going to be making the same amount of money where you're going to have doubled or more of what you're making at the time. Right. Yeah. That being the most important part, it's difficult when you're younger, as I'm sure you remember, and as I remember, uh, to, to keep that long game in mind. Of course, you're more immediately focused on, you know, what am I going to get at this moment? What's going to be easy for me to accomplish? Uh, it's such a good point though, that you make, I sometimes talk to uh, friends and I'm like, you know, life is short, but it's also sometimes longer than you than you think when you're younger. You kind of are thinking like, oh, I got to have this right now. If I don't have this right now, then then, you know, I'll never get it. And and you do sometimes look back and go like, if I would have routed myself this way, I could have accomplished this many more goals by this time if I would have just, you know, worked steady and hard and learned this and learned that and kept my options open as opposed to, oh, I need this immediately. Now I'm kind of trapped or stranded in a place that I, I don't necessarily want to be. That's a really good point. And I don't know how you can make kids understand that because I know at that age, I didn't understand it either. Right. <laughs> well, hopefully they're listening to us, uh, to us right now and, and considering. And even if they decide to go and do these jobs as a summer job, they're going to learn life skills that can save them a lot of money through the rest of their life. If they know how to do these repairs on their own home, they don't have to hire someone like me to come do them. Right, 
Right. If for no other reason, yes. right, then you've learned how to, how to take care of your own house on your own. Yeah, that's great. Um, well, listen, it's such a pleasure. You had a, a great amount of information for us, and, and thanks for coming. Anything else that you'd like to add before we go? I would just like to add that the trades are not a lesser than job. They are great jobs that, for the most part, you're going to work 8 to 5, Monday through Friday, where if you go into another job, you're not always going to get off the times you need. And a lot of times when you're in the building trades, you get off when you need to, and you can live a good, comfortable life and raise a good family. Yeah, I'm glad you, I'm glad you bring these points up. And now you run your own company at this yes, point, sir. correct? And you started from the, from the bottom, and now 30 years later, you run your own company, you have your own employees, you have a family. Yes, so you've done great. Yes, thank it's actually provided a good living for my family over the years. That's awesome. That's awesome, Ty. Congratulations. Right. Thank you, sir. Hey, thanks so much for being here, you brother. Bet. I appreciate you having me. Thanks for joining us, everybody. We'll see you next time.